0: Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Uh, for 1500 years, Israel every year has remembered God's great deliverance from slavery in Egypt. And Jesus is informing his disciples, you know what? That was all a foreshadowing of me. I am the Passover lamb. I am God's great deliverance. I'm the one who will lay down his life for the forgiveness of many.
1: The Passover meal celebrated God's deliverance of Israel from slavery in Egypt. So let's review that very first Passover. For centuries, Israel had been enslaved, but God decided he would rescue them by sending his servant Moses to tell Pharaoh, let, say it with me, Let Let my people people go. go. (laughs) But Pharaoh refused, and God chose to send plagues upon Pharaoh to convince him to let his people go. But with each plague, Pharaoh's heart grew harder and harder until finally, after the ninth plague, after nine terrible plagues, this is what God tells Moses. It's in Exodus chapter 11, verse 1. I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After that, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will drive you out of here. So Moses announces to the people in verse 4, This is what the Lord says. About midnight, I will go throughout Egypt, and every firstborn male in the land of Egypt will die from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne to the firstborn of the servant girl who is behind the millstones, as well as every firstborn of the livestock. Then there will be a great cry of anguish through all the land of Egypt, such as never was before or ever will be again. We see in verse 29... Excuse me, let me back up a bit here. So, after Moses tells the people this, he has a plan for just for Israel, not for the um, Egyptians. And his plan for Israel is to spare them from this tenth plague of death. So he tells Moses, this is what you're going to do. This is how the Israelites will be spared from this plague. This month is going to start the beginning of months for you. And on the 10th day of this month, you are to select an unblemished one-year-old male lamb or goat from the flocks. And you are to bring it into your house and examine it until the 14th day. And on the 14th day, after you have verified this is truly an unblemished animal, you are going to slaughter it at, mid, at twilight. And then you will eat the meat in your house. Take some of the blood from the sacrifice of the animal, and I want you to spread it on the doorpost and then on the lentil so that blood covers you. When you eat the meal, you are to also include unleavened bread and bitter herbs. I want you to be dressed, prepared to leave, dress in your traveling clothes, wear your sandals, have your staff in your hand, and eat quickly. So Moses tells the people this, and in Exodus 12, 23, we read. Moses says, When the Lord passes through to strike Egypt and sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, he will pass over the door and not let the destroyer enter your houses to strike you. So the, we see in verse 29... At midnight, the Lord struck every firstborn male in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon and every firstborn of the livestock. During the night, Pharaoh got up. He along with all his officials and all the Egyptians, and there was a loud wailing throughout Egypt because there wasn't a house without someone dead. And so he summoned Mer- Moses and Aaron, and basically what he said was, get out. And so the Israelites left. So
0: God commanded Israel to celebrate this great deliverance in uh, each year in the Passover meal, or the Feast of Unleavened Bread, as it was also called. And so by the time Jesus is sitting here having Uh, the Passover with his disciples, Israel had celebrated about 1,500 Passovers, and some traditions had developed. And we don't know exactly what the Passover meal looked like at the time of Christ. The closest account we have comes from a few hundred years after Christ, and it was also after the temple had been destroyed. But it probably looked something like this. Uh, it began with a blessing, and during the Passover, there were four cups of wine drunk, and the first, uh, the first cup of wine kicked off the Passover meal, and you are wondering, is this real wine, and how, many, how much of this are they going to be drinking? Well, you may try. You can come try afterwards, right? So, uh, what would happen is, uh, right before the uh, first cup was drunk, the either the father of the family or the host of the Passover would uh, give a blessing and then they would all drink. And this is what uh, this is the cup that Jesus has in hand in verse 17 and 18 when he says, "Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now, now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes." And so Jesus Uh, Starts off the Passover announcing, this is the last one I'm going to share with you guys. Uh, Translation, um, I'm not going to be around next year. And then he drinks and passes it around.
1: After that, there was a ritual washing, usually a washing of the hands. But we see in John's gospel that Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And we know from this that only a true cleansing can come from Jesus Christ himself, from a touch of Jesus. After the washing, they ate the bitter herbs. They would dip the bitter herbs into salt, salt water, and eat them. And that symbolized how bitter, how bad the slavery really was in Egypt. And it was probably at this moment that Jesus was pointing out the bitter betrayal of Judas.
0: Then there was the uncovering of the unleavened bread. And there were three sheets of unleavened bread. And the unleavened bread um, represented a few different things. First off, it represented the fact that God's deliverance came swiftly. And it came so quickly that Israel didn't have a time uh, to let their bread rise. So it reminded them of just how a swift God's uh, deliverance came when it did come. Secondly, it reminded Israel that they were one. Uh, Some have said that the three uh, unleavened pieces of bread represented Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we're all one people descended from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And also the unleavened bread reminded uh, God's people of the provision of manna in the wilderness. For 40 years as they're wandering around in the wilderness, God provided bread from heaven. And uh, remember who Jesus said, I am the bread from heaven.
1: After this unleavened bread was uncovered, the host of the meal would retell the story of salvation. He would recount the events of the Passover and include much of what I told you this morning. And he would give the significance of all of of the symbols that are in the meal and what it symbolized. So the story ends with a second cup. And this cup, ooh, my Okay. It must be wine. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't drunk it yet. <laughs> oh. <all right. laughs> but this second cup is the, um, called the cup of freedom. And it was drunk right before the meal proper, and it's not commented on in the Gospels.
0: Uh, right before the meal, or the meal started with uh, the breaking of the unleavened bread and then the passing it around. And uh, this would be done by the host. And, and this is what we read about in verse 19. Uh, so Jesus has got the unleavened bread, and, and in verse 19 it says, And he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of of me. Now, pause. Every one of these disciples had uh, attended the Passover meal every year of their lives. They probably could quote it, right? Uh, no one had ever at this time said, hey, this unleavened bread is me. It's, it's my body broken for you. This is, this is a startling statement. And I can just imagine the uh, uh, the disciples at this point going, what? What did he just say? Leaning in. What's going on here? And so Jesus, in a, in a sense, co-ops the Passover symbols, and he applies it to himself. Or another way to state this is uh, Jesus is explaining to them that the Passover meal is being fulfilled in what he's about to do upon The cross. I am about to let my body be broken for you so that God's um, judgment for sin can pass over you and you can live. And now I've personally wondered uh, okay, you've got on the table a roasted lamb, and why in the world didn't he just choose to use the lamb as the symbol for his death? He's the Passover lamb. Why do you use bread? Well, one reason might be because um, having, you know, us having to kill a lamb every time we took communion might enter some confusion because Jesus is the final lamb, right? There was no need for any more animal sacrifices once Christ hung upon the cross. And so Jesus chooses to use the bread as the symbol of his body being broken.
1: After the bread was broken, then they partook in the meal proper. It included a lamb, of course, and that lamb reminded them that in Israel it was slain to cover their sins. And it's, the door was put on the doorpost so that the angel of death would pass over their sins. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. His death is the sacrifice that provides a way of escape from God's judgment against sin. As soon as that meal is completed, the third cup of wine is the cup of redemption. And this is when Jesus says, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Again, the disciples have never heard this at Passover, this is my blood, this is the new covenant. The new covenant would bring up a remembrance of the prophecy from Jeremiah where God says, "I will make a new covenant with Israel." Days before this, John asked his disciples. Jesus asks his disciples, "Who do you say that I am?" And Peter replies, "You are the Christ. You're the Messiah." They believe this about Jesus, and right after that, Jesus predicts his death, but it's concealed from them that he's really going to die. Two more times, Jesus predicts his death before this meal, and they still do not know what he's talking about. At this very meal, again, he predicts his death. My body is going to be broken for you. My Blood will be poured out for you, but it is still concealed to them. They do not understand the meaning of this until after his death and resurrection take place. So this is a monumental moment for Christ in announcing the new covenant. God is going to relate to you in a new way, and that is through me. It is through putting your faith in me and what I'm doing on the cross. And fellowship with God is now through Jesus Christ rather than the Jewish sacrificial system.
0: After the meal, there was a hymn. And we're told in the Gospel of Matthew that Jesus and his disciples sang a hymn together. And then uh, the Passover meal concludes with the fourth cup of wine. So it starts with a cup of wine. It ends with a cup of wine. And many believe that Jesus did not drink the fourth cup Uh, based on uh, the Mark's chronology. It appears that Jesus um, let the disciples drink the fourth cup, but he uh, said, uh, didn't take of it. And why? Because He's going to partake of the final cup, the cup of praise, when he returns at the wedding feast of the Lamb. And so one of the things that we do in communion uh, when we drink uh, from the cup is it's anticipation of Christ coming and, uh, and drinking again with us at the wedding feast of the Lamb. All right, let's give Sabrina a round of applause for helping bring out the, the history thank you. So with that as a background what are what are we doing when we partake of communion? We're doing five things. Uh, first off, uh, when we take communion uh, we are remembering do this in remembrance of me Jesus said. we're remembering that Christ, willingly went to the cross and he laid down his life for the forgiveness of sins. And so I I think the first thing that I say to myself as I'm taking communion is, God loves me that much. God loves me that much. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lays down his life for his friends. The second thing that we do at communion is when we eat the bread, and when we drink the cup, uh, we are saying, I receive for myself Christ's death upon the cross as the payment for my sins. It's not just that he died kind of for the generic sins of the world. He died for me. I need his forgiveness. Number three, at, at communion, we are declaring our dependence upon Christ for all things spiritual. Uh, we cannot live without food and drink. And uh, Jesus is our spiritual nourishment. He is the bread of heaven. And apart from him, we can do nothing. And so as we take and as we drink, we are uh, reminding ourselves that, uh, of our dependence upon Christ for all things And then, of course, we've got to be asking ourselves, how am I uh, feeding on Christ during the week? Uh, We don't want to eat only on Sundays, right? We want to feed on Christ all week long, cultivating our personal relationship uh, with Him. Number four, at communion, we are acknowledging our union with other Christians. When I take, uh, eat, and drink the communion... Uh, you you, you look around and there are other people doing that, right? And uh, I am united by faith with all other Christians. And uh, at communion, I'm reminded that uh, we're all at the same level at the foot of the cross. Uh, It doesn't matter uh, how old I am or how long I've been a Christian or the color of my skin or how educated or how wealthy. uh, We all are 100% dependent upon Christ's work on the cross for our spiritual life. And so we're the same, and, and, and we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We are the family of God. And so that's very humbling, isn't it? It's humbling, and it's unifying. Anyone uh, who has, is united to Christ by faith is my brother and sister, And then finally, as we partake of communion, we are anticipating Christ's return. Uh, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. He said, when you do this, you are proclaiming the gospel until he comes. That's Paul. Uh, So Christ will come again. And I'm going to eat and drink, and so will you in his presence. And there will be the great feast, and there will be a restoration of relationship. And so... Communion is very significant, and this is why the Apostle Paul gets on the Corinthian Christians uh, who were partaking of communion uh, without much thought. They were just coming, and they were chowing down, and they were having a, a big meal, and they weren't, they weren't uh, adequately entering into the, the significance of communion. They weren't really remembering Christ in that communion. So we're about to take communion together as a church. And, but before we do, I want to go back to that first Passover. And it's, it's very interesting, the language. Um, God says, you go out and you select a lamb from your flock. And that a lamb then becomes the lamb that you are examining. And you bring that lamb into your home, and for four days, you're with that lamb, and you're examining the lamb, and determining, is this lamb uh, without blemish? Is it a spotless lamb? Is it a worthy lamb? And then, you take the life of the lamb, and it becomes your lamb. Because that lamb has now just given its life for your sins. Okay? A lamb becomes The lamb, which becomes your lamb. God selected Jesus. He became the lamb. And he lived a perfect life. He demonstrated his his worth, his worthiness, his spotlessness. Uh, It's interesting that Pilate says, I don't find anything wrong with this guy. Right? He is the lamb. The question is, is he your lamb? He has laid down his life, uh, but is his his blood uh, covering your sins, atoning for your sins? And the Bible says that Jesus wants to be your lamb. That's why he came. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to life. And the Bible says that the way Jesus becomes our lamb is when we repent of our sins and put our faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. And to repent is to turn away from. It means you're going this direction and you turn away. That's to, uh, to repent. And so what are you turning from? You're turning from a life of independence from God. You're turning from a life of sin where you are just doing things your own way. And you say, you know what? I, I turn away from that kind of life. And, to, and, and in faith, you turn toward God Uh, through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. You receive Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord. Is Jesus your Lamb? He wants to be. He's done everything that is necessary, but you have to uh, receive Him. And so, if you wouldn't mind just uh, closing your eyes, bowing your head, we're going to all just uh, take a moment... And interact with Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the one who is risen from the dead, who is alive and right now seated uh, at the right hand of his Father in heaven. And someday he will return to take home with him those who are his followers. If you are not yet a Christian, uh, I encourage you right now uh, to just In your heart, uh, repent of your life of independence and sin and, and receive Christ Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And for those of us who are Christians, just thank Jesus for his sacrifice upon the cross. Enter a little more deeply into this glorious truth that Christ is our Passover lamb. And may we all partake of communion today um, a little bit more worthily of his sacrifice. If you uh, are making a decision uh, today for the first time to become a Christian, to make Jesus your lamb during communion, uh, I'm going to be back by the journey group sign and uh, I would love it if you would come and talk with me and I can... Kind of witness and walk with you as you uh, become a follower of Jesus. Thank you.
2: to uh, take communion now this morning, and uh, before we do that, we're going to read some scriptures together, so if everyone could please stand with me and we'll uh, read scriptures together. Uh, The scriptures will be on the screen, I will be uh, reading some sections, and then you'll read the sections marked as uh, for the people to read. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. The Lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Come forward now and uh, take the elements. And if Christ is your Passover lamb, if you are a believer in Christ, He invites you to His table. If you don't yet uh, know the Lord as your own Savior, then instead of coming to the table, we uh, invite you to simply remain where you are and use this time for personal reflection. Or um, this would also be a great time to go back and talk to Pastor Mike. He's uh, right back in the back there. If you want to put your faith in Christ this morning, uh, you can do that. So uh, exit your rows to your left and come up and, uh, and take a, a piece of bread and a, and a cup and then just hold on to those and once everyone has we will take them all together.
3: darkest day Christ on the road to Calvary tried by sinful men torn and beaten men nailed to her cross of it's the power of the cross Became sin for us, took the blame for the wrath. We stand forgiven at the cross. Oh, to see the pain written on. Became sin for us, took the place. crushed to death life is mine to live one through your selfless love is the power of the cross
2: take the elements together, the body of Christ given for you, the cup of Christ, the new covenant in his blood shed for you.